Good morning. My name is Damien Peña, and I currently serve as the Interim Dean of Students at California State University, Channel Islands. And I am honored to speak with you today. Speaking here at Chapel feels like coming home. CLU is where I started my career in higher education over 14 years ago. CLU is where I met my beautiful wife, and CLU is where I met students and colleagues who believed in the mission of their institution and in doing so created purposeful and intentional programs that met the needs of all campus constituents. Needless to say, I'm happy to be home. And not only as a guest speaker, but I'm also a proud student in the School of Educational's doctoral program. As a doctoral program student, I'm writing my dissertation on the experiences of male Latino student leaders at four-year institutions. And it's a subject close to my heart and one that contributes, that hopefully can contribute to the literature that's out there. If I have learned anything in life, it is that God has plans for all of us. It is by no mistake that I stand before you today. It is by no mistake that Pastor Scott sent me an email this past summer to ask me to speak at chapel on the topic of male discipleship. And it is by no mistake that I was approached at a time when I needed it the most. But we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later. When talking about male discipleship or how men sustain their relationships with God, one only needs to look at Proverbs 27:17, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. During Solomon's reign, when he penned this proverb, the iron sharpening iron process was quite literally the cutting edge of technology, pun intended. Anyone that heard this at this time would have a great and timely images in their head. So yes, I'm talking about men and their swords. When iron is around iron, great things happen. Sparks fly, men feel invincible, and we feel powerful surrounded by others who are like us. But the question soon becomes, what would happen if that iron got dull? How good could we be then? Luckily, we find in Proverbs, iron can be sharpened. And if we look at the sharpening process, it's carried out in three simple steps that we can kind of attribute to life. First, the pounding out of the sword with the iron hammer. They would flatten it out, and make sure that the edges looked like sheet metal. And this would take away all the dents and leave a flawless exterior. Second, they would take an iron file or an iron ore stone to create a razor's edge. And we would do this to sharpen their iron sword and maintain their, their sharpness. And thirdly, they would take another piece of iron and lift that edge. And they would do this when the edge would become dull. And you, you probably have heard the old saying, you know, that person's lost their edge. Well, this is referring to a, a knife that maybe needed their, their edges raised a little bit. And only when these three steps take place can that iron blade truly be sharpened and ready for anything that comes its way. But how do you maintain that sharpness? In the example of the iron blade, we know that iron does not sharpen itself. It needs some friction to maintain its edge. But how do we as men create these opportunities for friction. We do this in two ways, 
by building community and by seeking out mentors. Thomas Edwards stated, to rejoice in another's prosperity is to give content to your own lot. To mitigate another's grief is to alleviate or dispel your own. Men need the support of others, including men, for encouragement, to sustain their values, and to pursue personal growth. Iron sharpens iron only when you maintain lasting friendships where you can learn mutually from one another. If I have learned anything in life, it is that I cannot sustain my relationship with God without the assistance of others. I need these key relationships that hold me accountable and remind me that I am but one piece of a larger puzzle. You know, it's funny because when we look at our old role models of the past, we think of John Wayne, we think of Batman, we think of Bruce Willis and Die Hard. And the one thing that they all had in common is that it was them against the world and they could survive alone and they saved the fate of the world single-handedly. Well, no disrespect to Batman, but I know I need other people to survive. I need others to mentor me, so, so, and mentor me above me to mentor me. I need those underneath me or below me to make sure that we sustain. So how do we as men find mentors? I found in personal practice, in educational practice, that there are six simple elements in finding the right mentorship. And gentlemen, I'm looking to you to take heed of these six steps, because for me, they've proven successful. Number one, look at the people around you. Look at the people you know. Look at the people in your personal or educational life. Is there someone you admire? Someone that you would like to emulate in some way? Someone who has the wisdom you need so that when you look at people, you may be surprised at who you actually find. Number two, select a mentor who is a good role model. Look for someone who is not famous or successful, but who has a reputation for character and solid principles. Look for someone you can admire and respect. Look for someone who has values and integrity that match your own. Number three, select a mentor who is a good listener. The best mentor is one who gets to know you, your skills, your strengths, and your weaknesses, your individual personalities, and your aspirations. A good mentor should not serve as a lecturer, but as a sounding board that will help you with the struggles and help you clarify your principles and your beliefs. Number four, select a mentor who levels with you. A good mentor doesn't just encourage you, but they will also tell you the blunt, honest truth when you are moving in the wrong direction. And where's my wife? Um, it's all, it is also a good sign if your mentor is candid and open about his or her life. Anyone who has accomplished great things has made mistakes along the way and will share those experiences freely so that you can learn from them. Number five, make personal contact. Don't be afraid, don't be shy, ask, would you be willing to mentor me? You may think that you're imposing on that person, but I have found that the most people who have achieved a place of accomplishment in life are eager to share their wisdom, experience, and knowledge with others. When you ask someone to be your mentor, you are truly offering them the highest of praise. And number six and last, trust. Trust in your mentors, role models, and support system, and most importantly, trust in God. Life is full of challenges, and in order to sustain our relationship with God, we must have trust in his plan. 
I think we're getting, we all get so busy focusing on our daily tasks and going 100 miles a minute and getting things done that we forget who's in control. I think people forget how awesome it is that we are uniquely placed in different jobs, groups, relationships, experiences for the specific reason that it's all part of God's plan. We all need to trust in the plan and accept that things are going to happen for us for a reason. Some of the greatest challenges in life we face, while we are hard to recognize at the time, end up becoming some of the most incredible blessings. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be who we are and we wouldn't be those leaders. I've actually had to put these steps into practice within this past year, and I'm, I feel that I'm home, your family, familia, so I can share this with you. As I stated earlier, it is by no mistake that I was approached at the time when I needed it the most to talk about male discipleship. Earlier this year, my amazing two-year-old son, Diego, was diagnosed with autism. I truly believe that the world that I lived in ceased to exist. I'm not proud to say that at first, I handled it in the manner of my role models, Batman and John Wayne. And they would have been proud of it because I isolated myself. I strove to be alone. I did not want to ask anyone for help. I engaged in behaviors that were not healthy. And most of all, I thought I could sharpen my own iron. What the heck was I thinking? I stopped talking to friends, I stopped returning phone calls for fear of questions, and separated myself from my own reality. It took my family and friends who did not give up on me and give me that swift kick in the pants to remind me that I have a son who needs a mentor, and I have a community who supports me. It took a life-changing experience to make me realize that I'm going to have incidents occur in my life that are going to be like the iron hammer and flatten me out. There are also going to be times when I have to have that razor's edge, and I'm going to have to advocate on behalf of my son and educate myself on current issues. And when I lose that edge and I need to be raised, I need only to look to God, my beautiful family, and my community to raise me up. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share with you today, and I hope that you embrace your community and like iron sharpens iron, maintain lasting friendships that you can learn and grow from. Thank you.